right, friends, if you want to make your way back to your chair, that would be fantastic. We're going to go ahead and continue our time together this morning. Um, so uh, this morning, you are in for a very, very, very special treat. Uh, Riverside uh, was launched maybe 14 years ago, and uh, really, really fun t- this morning that some of our original people that helped Riverside launch uh, is going to speak this morning. In fact, um, I've known this person since I was in high school, and um, she actually uh, was on staff at Riverside when Riverside got launched, and she hired me. And so uh, you can, I don't know what that says about her judgment, but uh, I have known her for a really long time. I cannot tell you how excited I am for her to come and speak this morning. Um, We just have powerful, strong women in our community. And I'm so grateful that you get to hear another one of those voices this morning. And so Riverside, I'm going to ask you to do it and I'm going to ask you to do it really, really well. Would you please welcome my good friend, Courtney Garrison up here this morning. Good morning. Um, So being here feels like coming home. And so, I was like, I'm not going to get emotional. And I've been up here 30 seconds. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to get emotional. And so that's just what it is. So, uh, but we're going to talk about Mary this morning. And I'm really excited for that. And hear me say this. I'm, this is a topic I'm really, really passionate about. And um, that is like Christmas as I think it's intended to be to draw our hearts closer to the Lord. And I don't do that well all the time. You can ask anyone that was here at the beginning of Riverside. Um, by the way, I'll just say I've known John for a long time. Linda Marceau is my spiritual mother. And so she is the person that took me from infancy to walking deeply with Jesus. She taught me everything I know about how to walk with Jesus. And so it's really fun to be here. Um, Okay, we're back. Okay, Um, so at the beginning of Riverside, it was really funny. And we all went a little crazy. And you can ask anyone who was here at the beginning. We were a little crazy. And like my husband, I told him, we're not having a Christmas tree because it's pagan. And it's, and these people are liars and, and we're going to burn it all down. And the Santa in the front yard, that's not happening either. And, and so like, and my husband looked at me and he's so great. And he, he's like, okay, so we're going to have a tree. And I'm like, no, we're not, we can't. I mean, do you know where, do you know the words? Like I can't, we can't. And so all that to say, I've come a little full circle. So if I come across a little heavy handed, know that I've come so far. And so take it with a grain of salt and do what you will with it. And for example, like um, for you to think that I'm standing up here because I have it all figured out. Last night, um, we were at the most beautiful, lovely. So we live in Bernie, Texas, right down the road. And um, it's so cute. And they have the cutest little Christmas parade. And it's darling. And it's wonderful. And you're like, "Ah, it's Christmas. And everything about it is like Santa on a sled. But you're just like, it feels so good. And all the kids are way. I mean, it's just everything's precious about it. And I'm feeling so good and so nostalgic. And then I decide, you know what? We're not going to go home. We're going to go pick up canes for dinner because I have all my kids. And that feels like a treat. And so we're just feeling so good. And then we get in the car. And then everybody comes to Bernie for the Christmas parade. 
And so what is five minutes from my house, 20 minutes later, sitting in traffic, I'm literally pounding my head on the steering wheel going, why are all these people in my town? Like Christmas spirit all around. No, it was ugly. And my kids are like, mom, can we just turn around? I'm like, yes, we're turning around. So I make some like ghetto illegal U-turn and I'm just mad and in a bad mood. So it's hard, right? It's hard because Christmas comes at us so fast. And I love the way that John talked spoke last week about, um, and this week too, about just beginning with the end in mind. And I just, so my prayer for this morning for us is that together we would begin this conversation with the end in mind, knowing that as we talk about Mary, um, this is really a beautiful, um, it's not the beginning of the rescue mission. It's really a beautiful kind of climax point when the angel appears to Mary and says, he's coming. And that changes everything. Literally everything. And here's the deal. I love that we're singing already, and I didn't know this was going to happen, but I love that we're already singing Christmas songs, and it's not Christmas Eve. Because you know what happens is we sing Christmas songs on Christmas Eve, and for years I sang these Christmas songs and didn't have to look at the words, and you know the words, and you know the words, and you know the words, but you totally miss the extravagant, profound message that is the gospel that is in these songs that we sing. And as we sing these truths back to the Lord, much of them God's word back to the Lord, it should literally transform us from the inside out. Like that is the power of the living word, that when you consume it and when you sing it back to the Lord, when you pray it back to the Lord, it changes you from the inside out. And all of a sudden, you're not into behavior modification. All of a sudden, you're not into, well, I have to do this and I can't have a Christmas tree or, or I can't do that. All of a sudden, your heart comes alive and it's effortless to live for Jesus because the Holy Spirit comes and fills you and changes you, the word of God and the spirit from the inside out. That's the end in mind. So, I'm going to read from Luke 1. And it's long, but I want to read the whole thing because we're going to kind of go through the whole journey. And then we're going to stop and we're going to come back and we're going to look at how Mary responds to the news. Okay? Because, here's the deal. If we don't see the human element in this story, we forget, again, just like the Christmas songs. We read this story over and over and over again at Christmas, and usually only at Christmas, if we're honest. And we know the story, and so we just blow right through it. But I want us to stop, and I want us to park here, because the reality is this is profound, and she is a human, very young girl in a very precarious situation. John did a great job last week of talking about the implications of the fact that she was betrothed. She was married, but she had not consummated her marriage. And so for her to turn up pregnant was a huge deal in a shame and honor culture. Everything in this culture was about shame or honor. Everything. And so for us to take out the human element of this story, we are missing so much of it. So I want to perk here this morning, and I want to talk about how Mary responds. Because it has serious implications for us. In fact, when the angel comes to her, in that moment, before she births, God, the Messiah, she is like us. She's, she's being asked without ever seeing or touching or knowing him or changing his diaper, which is a bizarre thought, let's just be honest. She's being asked to believe that this is the Messiah before she's ever laid eyes on him. 
That is who we are. We have never laid physical eyes on the Messiah, and we are being asked, we are being invited to believe that he is the one who changes everything. So in this moment, Mary is like us. We are like her. She hasn't held him yet. She hasn't touched him yet. She doesn't really know how this is going to play out. But the Spirit of God is at work. So um, we're going to start at Luke 1, um, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth, uh, sorry, yeah. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town to Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Right there, it's already really important, right? The scripture, a descendant of David. Like nothing is in there by accident. Let's not gloss over all of this. This is a prophecy being fulfilled. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. An angel of the Lord appeared to this probably 14-year-old. Greetings, the Lord is with you. That's not normal. It wasn't normal then, and it's not normal today. And so let's not forget that she is a human being. With the issue of sin, like us all, being greeted by an angel, who, as we know from Scripture, is a very overwhelming sight, and he says, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And I love the next line because it's so human. It says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Why? Because he's being nice. Because it's an angel of the most high God. She's greatly troubled. She's 14 years old. She doesn't know what's going on. Hello, you who are highly favored. What? Right? It's such a human response. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered... I'm going to come back to that word. What kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. You guys, this is a Jewish girl that understands, at least in part, that he is saying the Messiah is coming because of the way the angel is fulfilling the prophetic words of the Messiah right here. This is a big deal. We don't totally understand when he says we'll conceive a... Uh, the Lord of the Most High, um, the throne of his father, David, we don't fully grasp how she would have grasped that. Because as a Jewish girl, she would have known the text and gone, is this what you're saying? Can you imagine? Can you imagine for a moment being her? He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. The prophecy keeps coming. His kingdom will never end. This is, this is a kingdom society. Kings come and they go. Kings are overthrown. They're good kings and they're bad kings. The angel is saying this kingdom will never end. And Mary says this, how can this be? Mary asked, I'm a virgin. Can we just stop right there? That is so human. He just said, you're going to conceive and give birth. And she's like, I've never had sex. 
can you help me understand? This doesn't make sense to me. She's not blindly going, okay, yes. She interacts with the truth and the word of God. She interacts with the prophecy. She's leaning in. She's asking the hard questions. How is this even possible? I'm a virgin. You're talking crazy. She was much more eloquent than I, obviously. But that's what she's saying. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That the Spirit of the living God be, is our, will overshadow us, will cover us in times of mystery and need. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And then she surrenders. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. And the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, that gives me chills. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You guys, Mary's a 14-year-old girl. She's probably hearing this greeting from Elizabeth going, what is happening? Like, the, the angel was overwhelming, and now you're overwhelming. Like, this, is this real? Is this real? But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill her promises, his promises to her. And then it's like all the light bulbs go off at one time and Mary sees it. She goes from, I, I, why are you here? And she ends here. And it's called Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty, but has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This girl knows her text. She is giving God his promises fulfilled right back to him. She is telling him all the ways that he has been faithful. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. She needed three months to process this news. Three months. It's a long time. Um, 
I just want to talk about Mary for a second. Because here's the thing. We think, we, we, I don't know about you. I, I read the text sometimes and I think, oh, those people back then. Let me tell you something. There is no time in any age or any era of wisdom that this would make any sense at all. There is no religion, there is no, there is no um, path or way that people follow that claims that, that their God was, was born as a man. There's prophets sent by God that people follow. But this breaks the mold of, of the wisdom of any era or any age or any man. That God would humble him, that the God that we worship would humble himself and be born in a womb, and then become a baby who is helpless and poops and burps and spits up and falls down and bleeds. There, there is This blows then and now. Any wisdom that any man can describe out of the water. water. Why? Because the love is way too extravagant. It doesn't make sense. Why would the God of the universe have to do this? So let's not skip past that truth, right? That this is, this is profound, what is happening right now. This is the hinge point that makes Christianity different right here. This is the hinge point. This is where we begin and where we end right here, that Jesus decided to come. Here's what's so cool. The first three books of this, the first three pages of this Bible, everything is good. And God creates man and God creates woman and he calls them very good and we are loved and we walk with God as man walks with a friend. That is the heart of our father. And then all of a sudden on page three, everything goes, goes crazy. On page three, we as, as a people turn and walk away and say, I know better than you. I want, to, I want to have pick up all my control issues and all my fear of the unknown, and I want to figure out my life on my own. I, I know you said this would not be good for me, but I'm going to do it my way. No, thank you. And sin is birthed. And the whole rest of the scripture, that's on page three, this whole rest of this book is to redeem page three. The, the rescue mission begins on page four. On page four... It, the plan begins to unfold. Here's what's super cool that I, I don't want us to miss. There's some, some Greek words that give us more, um, Hebrew words that give us more understanding of, of what this means. And, and the word in the text um, for for the way Mary responds, it's, it's a word called dialogistico. If, if you're a scholar, I'm sure I just butchered that. Let's move on. Um, and, and what that means is to wrestle deeply and profoundly. Mary doesn't just say blindly, okay, let's go. She wrestles. So, so how does she respond? What can we learn from Mary? Number one, the first thing she does, she expresses her doubt right? She's human. And, and yes, there is an angel standing before her, but she expresses her doubt. How will this be? I'm a virgin. This literally cannot happen. Honest doubts lead to honest questions. If we're not willing to be honest about our doubts, how will we ever ask the right questions? If we don't ask the right questions, would we ever have gotten to the angel's response, which we quote all the time, which is nothing is impossible with God. She was willing to ask the question, and then the truth was revealed. 
Her doubt was answered by the angel saying, nothing is impossible with our God. But she had to be honest about her doubt first. Then, and this is a hard one for us. It's a hard one for me. She surrenders. That has to happen in a faith life with Jesus. You have to surrender your addiction. You have to surrender your control. We have to surrender our fear. We have to be willing to go, I don't know what's on the other side of this, but I am going to choose to surrender palms up. Not clenched fists, palms up. She shows a willingness to surrender before she has all the answers. Doesn't that feel familiar? We are invited to surrender our lives to Jesus, and we have no idea how that is going to play out. But we know his promises. We know that his nature doesn't change, and we know that he's a good father. We have to come to a place where we are willing to surrender. And this is what I want to remind you. Her surrendering costs Mary and Joseph everything. And we know from lots of context clues that two things were true about them. They were very young and they were very poor. The offering that they brought would have been kind of in there, as we know it, like a tax bracket. They were not wealthy. They were humble. They were poor and they were young and a shame and on our culture. This cost them everything to surrender to God's plan for their life. It cost them their reputation. It cost them everything. It costs us everything to experience God with us. I just got to speak at a family camp a couple weeks ago, and they said, just come talk about Christmas, Courtney. Let's set up the families to celebrate Christmas. And all I did the whole weekend was talk about God with us. The Spirit, we worship a God who is alive and not dead. God is with us now. The kingdom is at hand as close as our own breath. For us to experience God with us, there are times when we have to surrender everything, every comfort we know. Sometimes we even have to surrender home. Sometimes we even have to surrender things that are good. We have to surrender everything to follow Jesus. But oh my gosh, his promises are so good. When I think about how Jesus chose to come to Mary and Joseph, it is the, it is the personification of um, that he makes the weak strong. Right? When we feel at our lowest, when we feel at our most vulnerable place, and we choose to, to be willing to surrender and open our hands, the Lord honors that. Because see, what we know as truth is that suffering leads to glory and death leads to resurrection. If we want a resurrected life, we have to be able to put ours to death. We, we can't have both and. You can't hold on to what you know is true and then want to live in the resurrection and hope of Jesus. We, we, and we live in this struggle, right? That's so real. Mary was willing to surrender. 
my, my prayer for my life is that I would live a life that is not, I will obey you, Lord, if. Or not, um, I will follow you if. Lord, if you do this, then I will. That's ridiculous. And it's so human, and I am that way. But it's so ridiculous because God has been more faithful for generation after generation after generation. He's the same yesterday, today, and he, as he will be tomorrow. And so for me to think that I have to put parameters around my willingness to surrender and follow Jesus is crazy. It doesn't mean it's easy. Do you think it was easy for Mary to surrender? It was not. But she chose to surrender. The, the next thing she did, and, and I love this, um, she chose to engage her community. The first thing she did was to go to her family, Elizabeth. And, and the thing I love about this is that it was almost as if Mary was gathering in all the information. She was gathering in, taking it in, taking it in the information. But not until she got to process it with her community did the lights come on. It was like she had to hear from Mary and sit and wrestle in it and process with Mary the truths that had just been spoken over her life. And then all of a sudden she went, oh my gosh, this is true. God is good. God is doing this. But it wasn't until she went and was vulnerable with her community. And you know, she walked into Mary's house, to Elizabeth's house, and Elizabeth started prophesying over her, and she's like, what is happening? She was a 14-year-old poor girl who was engaged to be married and had not had sex, and she just told she was going to birth the living Messiah. I, can't, I literally cannot think of anything more overwhelming. She needed her community around her. And her community spoke truth over her situation. Not, not good advice. Didn't hand her a self-help book. Didn't tell her how to behavior modify her way out of her situation. She spoke truth over her situation. And then it's like the light bulbs came on. And then the last thing that she does, she praises God. She doesn't know how this is going to play out. And before she knows the end, she says, you are good. You've been faithful for generations in this way, in this way, in this way, in this way, in this way. And sometimes what I have to, I have to do that to myself to go, Lord, let my mind, what I know to be true, preach to my heart. Because my heart will lead, my emotions will lead me astray because I don't know how this is going to play out. But I know you, God. I don't know what this really means that I'm going to birth the living Messiah. Good Lord. But I know you, and I know how you have been so faithful. And that's why we have Mary's song. I just wonder, do we take God at his word in, in, in times of confusion and chaos? Because let me tell you something. There was a couple weeks ago where there, there was just an overwhelming thing happening in my home, and I lost my peace like that. Like that. And it was like all of a sudden, in one minute, poof, I forgot how faithful God has been. I forgot all that God has brought me through. I forgot the way that God has redeemed me, redeemed my family, redeemed our story. I forgot everything in an instant because I lost my peace. And I got in the word and I started listening to scripture 
and I called Linda, and I called a couple other people, and they spoke truth over my situation. And all of a sudden, it was literally like from the inside out, my spirit was renewed. There is a great holiness and awe that we should approach Christmas with. You guys, because Jesus came to Mary and was born, because the living God who created you and called you very good put skin on as part of his rescue mission, we have a tangible expression of of who God is. You, You cannot have the birth of Jesus without the cross and resurrection. It is all one story. It is all one story. It is the great rescue mission of all time that, let me tell you something, has serious implications in our life today. This hour, this minute, today. You are more loved than you can imagine. Is your marriage falling apart? Jesus wants to be right there in the middle of it. Are you addicted and you can't, you just get sweaty thinking about it? Jesus wants to break those chains. He has come to free the captives. He has come to rescue orphans, to set them in families. He has come to make all broken things put back together. That is what the birth of Jesus means. Those are the implications. Let us not sing a song about Christmas or look at a manger and not think of the ways that he has restored us, that he is restoring us, that he is bringing all all chaos into order. It is a big deal. And you can have a Christmas tree if you want to. But darn it, don't sing Christmas songs without looking at the words and knowing these are promises of God fulfilled. I have a, I have a painting that hangs in my house year-round, and I don't take it down. And I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, isn't that a Christmas song? I'm like, no, it's a worship song. Because I'm a little bit sassy sometimes. But, but this is what... It says, um, it says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Because that is why we celebrate Christmas. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. We are weary and we are tired and we are sick and we are striving. But, But Jesus came. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth, our Savior. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. This is the gospel. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. It informs our identity. Our souls are informed of our worth because he came. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. That, is, that should be our response. Hear the angel voices. O night divine, O night when Christ was born. O night divine. Led by the light of faith, serenely beaming, with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. So led by, by a star sweetly gleaming. The king of kings is here. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Let that inform the way you see your life. 
His law is love and his gospel is peace. Do you feel that? Are you living into that? This is my favorite part. Chain shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. All oppression. What binds you, it will cease in Jesus' name. What weighs you down, it will cease in Jesus' name. What is tearing your family apart, it will cease in Jesus' name. Sweet hymns of joy, like Mary did, in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. So I want to finish this morning, and I want us to stand up in a minute, and we are going to sing, O Holy Night with fresh eyes and fresh ears, attuned to his goodness and his gospel. Let us raise the roof off this place. Praise His holy name, Christ. 
shall cease. God, stir up the courage to be honest about our doubts, the courage to surrender every aspect of our lives to you. God, you are our savior. You are the Lord of our life. You are not our consultant. You are the Lord of our life. Jesus, let us not enter in the season. Let us not take one step out of this place without the holiness and the awe and the wonder and the honesty and the surrender all over us because your gospel is grace and your law is love. It's in Jesus' name we pray.